the Brooklyn Poets Yawcast for September 14th, 2020, featuring poet Daryl Alejandro Holmes leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yawp is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic, usually held at 61 local in Cobble Hill during non-pandemic times. Uh, we're hoping there are non-pandemic times in the future. We will see. This month's open mic lineup featured R. Bremner, Joe Nasta, Jesse Edwards, Taonga Leslie, Suzanne S. Austin Hill, Harvey Sauce, Rita A. Simmons, Todd Friedman, Kinga Elizabeth Bizitz, Abigail Sayre, Ben Watts, Kevin Santiago, Bridget Duffy, Frank Rubino, Susan Kaplan, Judy Schneier, Arthur Russell, Preeti Shah, Robin Romeo, and last but not least, Laura Renee Tucker. So let's get right to the action, the Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for September. Enjoy. Okay, folks, we are back for the Yop open mic. I hope you are well. I hope you have uh, refreshed your adult beverage or your child beverage, if that's what you prefer. Uh, I just love the phrase adult beverage. Uh, how many of you panelists, those that I can see, how many of you are the fans of The Wire? Uh, I feel like one of my dreams in life is to be just walking down the street and to see McNulty and to hear him ask me if I want to get a taste. <laughs> uh, so if anyone wants to ask me that sometime, <laughs> feel free to do so via text message or something. I would consider it an honor to be asked to get a taste. <laughs> no one's ever asked me that before. I just think it's a great way to ask someone if they want to get a drink. Um, Okay, so uh, let's go over the ground rules for the open mic in case uh, you don't know them already. We have some newcomers tonight. Uh, we're obviously excited to see that. Um, the Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic features poets reading one poem of three minutes max, uh, except for our feature reader, Daryl, tonight. Uh, he can read multiple poems if he wants. Uh, I can't remember if he is or not, but uh, we will see uh, once we look at the poem doc. We will be screen sharing uh, the text of the poem, poems uh, during the event. So uh, in a bit, I will share my screen again so you see the text in front of you. But uh, if you are reading tonight, we've got your poem. Everyone will be sharing one poem, three minutes max. Uh, every month, we vote for poem of the month. Uh, the way to do that, uh, wait until the end of the event and uh, text me at 718-374-1953. Just give me the poet's uh, name. Uh, and you will see the poet's names during the uh, reading on the screen because you'll see their name at the top of their page. Uh, you might just make a note if you like a poem, uh, write the poet's name down, but we'll go over everything again at the end. Again, to vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. Uh, it is September. We are nearing the date of the Poem of the Year Smackdown. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, in case you're still wondering, uh, we are doing that event virtually because obviously this pandemic isn't over, despite what uh, some motherfucker in the White House would like us to believe. 
So uh, if you want to write it down in your calendar, we're going to be doing the Poem of the Year Smackdown on December 14th, which is a Monday. Uh, a little wrinkle this year, we're actually going to separate the Poem of the Year Smackdown from the December Yop. So if you want to write this down, the December Yop is going to come one week earlier. Usually we do the Yop on the second Monday of the month. In December, we will do it on the first Monday of the month. So the Yop in December will be on December 7th and the SmackDown will be on December 14th, and that will be our final event of the year. Um, if you've ever attended these before, you know how long that event went with both the Yop and the SmackDown. We also had to shorten the open mic. This way we don't have to shorten the open mic, and we can uh, devote all of our time and energy to the SmackDown when it happens because it's a pretty fun event. Um, what else am I forgetting? Oh, we record uh, the open mic every month as a podcast that we call the Yopcast. Uh, we would love it if you would subscribe, rate us five stars on iTunes. Uh, many of you have done that already. We would love to see more. If you are reading tonight and don't want to be in the recording for any reason, that's okay. Just uh, send me an email or text message and ask, ask me to take you off the recording and I can edit you out. No problem. Uh, this month for the YOP, uh, those of you that have registered, obviously you're all here, so you've registered unless you're staff. Um, uh, we are taking donations and uh, donating to Impact Lebanon uh, in order to uh, help those that have been affected by the recent explosion in Beirut. Uh, it, it really is, uh, this year is fucking amazing, right? I mean, I feel like that both happened yesterday and also like a year ago. It's amazing how quickly the world is moving from one disaster to another. Uh, but thank you for registering because uh, your $5 would go a long way towards uh, helping out with that effort to, uh, uh, to provide relief to those uh, first responders and all those affected by the recent explosion in Beirut. Okay, uh, that is all I've got as far as announcements go. So uh, we are ready to get started with these amazing readings tonight. Uh, I will turn the mic over to Daryl and uh, he will uh, amaze you with his beautiful poems. Go for it, Daryl. Hi, everyone. Um, excited to be here. Uh, so here we go. This poem is called Tu. And, uh, you know, raise your hand. I can't see all of you, but raise your hand if you're a Shakira fan. Yeah. So I grew up in, in Panama, and Shakira when I was growing up was a huge, huge star. And the writer Gabriel Garcia Marquez called her the poet of her generation. She um, was really singing songs from the heart and this predated all of the songs that she wrote about her hips. So <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a poem that uh, tells the story of a, of a first date that I went on. Um, but I, I've also come to think of it as a tribute poem to the old Shakira and the things that she used to sing about back in the day. So this is called Do. In the music video, it looks like Shakira is dying. I want to die for you, although we've just met. Give you my bones to help you stand taller and my feet for you to walk on when yours are worn. 
This is what she sings, love worth dying for. Seven years ago, I loved her video, and now I hear its song wailing in my head as I struggle to hear what you're saying. A good omen at Cafe Adobe, the setting of our first date. Make love to me on this table for two. I don't need my flesh if I have you. So devour my body as you need, breaking into the garden, past the wall that keeps our home countries, my Panama, your Rwanda, out on the other side. Your sins, washed in my old blood and complexion, sing out. Listen to the unusual yodel in my throat, a ballad as I nail my limbs to this restaurant table. Eres tu amor, mis ganas de reír, el adiós que no sabré decir, porque nunca podré vivir sin ti. But for this feast to nourish your body, we must first pray or at least say we believe in something. I don't believe in this nation, but can in your naked grace. Come, make me a man of faith. Leave your body too, if you'd like. In my country, I dreamed of leaving my body all the time. The scar below my right eye is flesh broken by soldiers, trying to scare my mother into telling them my father's whereabouts. My sun-kissed undertone, torn open, reveals an ancestor's sinless shame, mejorando la raza. But I don't want to be whiter, just free, sweetly delivered into your dark matter and its boundlessness, reborn into love, risen in translation. Thank you. Okay, Daryl, that was incredible. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to hear your amazing voice too. I should have warned everyone that uh, Daryl is not only a great poet, but an amazing crooner. <laughs> um, Kendall, when you have that karaoke party in your amazing basement, uh, you definitely need to invite Daryl as well, right? Second on the list after you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's already an amazing party, <laughs> just with the four of us. Um, okay. Uh, our first reader off the open mic list is R. Bremner. How are you, R? I can't remember your first name again. Okay, how's that? That is great. Ron, oh, okay. your name. How are you, Ron? I'm fine. How are you guys? I'm good. That's great. Uh, this poem is called On a Midsummer Day, Thursday in New York, 2014. When I tell you I can't breathe, it means that I can't breathe. I don't mean that because it's hot and humid, the air is lousy to breathe. I don't mean that, haha, I fooled you, I really can breathe. I don't mean I want you to step back 
and give me my private space. I mean, I can't breathe. As in, I'm going to die soon unless I get air. I know I'm a huge guy, twice your weight, and towering over you. I know I've done time for lots of petty crimes. I know maybe I scare the hell out of you with my girth and my, and my rap. I know I shouldn't have been selling Lucy's. It's against the law. But despite all that, there's something you forgot. You forgot that I'm a person. That's right, a human being. To throw me down to the ground because I'm selling cigarettes? Does that sound right to you? And to push my face into concrete when I was already down? Does that make you feel proud and strong? Get that big black motherfucker down? Did you do that to a relative who was selling fireworks or booze? Did you do that to a friend? So why me? And why didn't you believe me when I said I couldn't breathe? Why no artificial respiration? Afraid my mouth would poison you or disgust you? You all said later I died of a heart attack. But I know different. When I couldn't breathe and you did nothing to help, that was the end right there. Do you regret anything? Did you learn anything? What happens when the next big black guy is out on the street doing some victimless crime? What then? Thanks. Thank you, Ryan. Beautiful trivia poem for Eric Garner. Uh, unfortunately, the answers to those last questions uh, haven't seemed to have changed. It's exactly the same as it was uh, six years ago. So uh, that's depressing, uh, but maybe uh, things will, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say maybe things will get a little better. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm cynical, but uh, we will see. Uh, hope you're all gonna vote. <laughs> Let's take this time to remind you to vote if uh, you're not on that yet, because uh, we do have an election coming up. Sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that it's happening, but it is happening. And hopefully uh, there isn't some bullshit that goes down, taking people's votes away. Uh, thank you, Ron. Our next reader is, I believe, a Yop debuter. Uh, hopefully I get this name right. If I don't, please correct me. By all means, correct my pronunciation. Is it Kinga Elizabeth Bizitz? We're having trouble hearing you. I hear your yeah. volume, but it's very low. Okay, Kinga, I'm going to recommend maybe you leave the meeting and then yeah. come back and we will yeah. try to circle back. Maybe your connection's better. Yeah. Okay. okay, great. All right. Our next reader, no stranger, many of you, if you are attending the YOP regularly, give it up for Joe Nasta. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm really glad I got to come today. My poem is called Last Quarter. Parking lot lights, high sodium in the dark night. I don't know what I want, but I'll keep drinking. This song isn't the mood for this poem, but I'll keep it on. 
I have only known two Sagittarians. Is that called light pollution? I'm laying in the grass right after the sprinklers turned off, the grass next to the harbor. One texted, I'm gonna suck your dick, I'm gonna suck your dick, I'm gonna suck your dick, your dick. I didn't know what I wanted. Some moons, I write tight little poems that don't say anything but sound the way I feel. Today, I'll say my body doesn't belong to you even if I let it. I'm going to lay on my back. The green in my shoulders and the evenly planted trees reach crookedly. Poems don't tell you I was drinking when I wrote them, but I'm saying it now. I can see the clouds gray, even though it's much too late. The other messaged me on Instagram. I'd want to give you head AF, and I know to tell them I'm not interested. The inlet was dredged. The lawn cuts off suddenly. I don't care. I can see some of the stars. Okay, great stuff as usual, Joe. <laughs> I love. I always love the juxtaposition between, uh, you know, language of I'm going to suck your dick, I'm going to suck your dick, and then it's also somehow like amazingly romantic and beautiful and lyrical. Uh, I can see some of the stars. Uh, I'd want to give you head AF. <laughs> it's two lines above. I don't care. I can see some of the stars, which is amazing. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, smoky here, but I'm in Seattle. Right, yeah, how's the air over there? Not great, I've heard. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but you know. Have you not been able to leave the house? Um, a little bit. It's been getting progressively worse over the past week, so I don't know, we'll see. Okay, well, I hope for your sake it does. Uh, stay safe though. Okay. Our next reader, another Yop debuter, and uh, recently named a Brooklyn Poets Fellow for a fall workshop. In fact, uh, she'll be taking a workshop with me, so that's extra cool for me. How are you, Jesse Edwards? I'm great, thank you. All thank right, you. go for it. All right, thank you. Um, all right, battleships, love poem. You were a submarine in a swimming pool when I didn't know I was underwater. You know those dreams where you think you're awake, getting up to your alarm, soaping your underarms, pushing down the French press slowly, running for the train fast, going about your mundane tasks. But you flipped it. You glided in, silent, immense identified all of my coordinates, poured me out slowly. I drank you up fast. If we were a hot drink, we'd have been a large tea bag in a small cup, steeping in one another. I wanted to dunk you, to be baptized in dark water. I wanted to know you, to taste all your notes. You say, what is seen was not made by things that are visible. I say, the things we need most are too big for us to see. We can only imagine them and try to explain their vast, sublime, absurd, improbable beauty by comparing them to giant tea bags and submarines and swimming pools. Okay, beautiful work. Uh, I feel like that, that poem went well with the workshop tonight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
love Battleships. Do you remember that game, Battleship? Yes. Did you ever play that game? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, that, that, that feels like an analog game. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's definitely. Dangerous. Yeah. It's a great date game, too. <laughs> so are you living in New Zealand right now? Oh, no, you're in Brooklyn now. I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. What, what neighborhood in Brooklyn do you live in? Um, I'm in Bushwick. Okay. That's yeah. definitely the Poets neighborhood. It is? Oh, good. It goes well. Yeah, it's definitely the most Poets I know live in Bushwick. Because <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like it's that cheap in Bushwick. <laughs> I mean, it's still expensive. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Sure that. All right. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Great stuff. Our next poet, Tawanga Leslie, former Poem of the Month winner. You'll be seeing him and hearing his work on December 14th as well. How are you, Tawanga? I always forget to unmute. I am good. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for December and hopefully for November. Hopefully we'll be like celebrating that it's a different situation. Um, all right. Can everyone hear me? So I can both, oh, okay, people are nodding. All right, this is canto number seven. In the airplane, I had a change of heart. We hit turbulence. The flight attendants screamed and dropped to their knees, clutching on to the beverage cart. In that moment, I saw the view from 30,000 feet, and that if this clever piece of shrapnel were to plummet, from the edge of the atmosphere to the ground, it wouldn't matter if I caught the virus or if you ever called me back. Instead, I remembered the moment we were walking. I asked you how the last one ended and you told me how he died. Your eyes were wide and soft like a big animal and I caught onto your furry arm. I tried to tell you that I loved you I've been trying to tell you for a long time since. In the moment the plane seemed sure to crash, I made a list of everyone I love. It was a short list. You were on it. Okay, <laughs> that also seemed to work well with the workshop. It seems like love is on everyone's mind this month. Uh, I like that it's canto number seven. Have you written six others? Yes, this is my first long poem, um, and this is nice. the last one. All right. How many cantos are you going to write? Um, just seven. So this is the... This is oh, the okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop at seven? <laughs> All right. Well, I love it. Thank you, Toanga. I love your eyes were wide and soft like a big animal. Um, many of you know I, I moved to Beacon, New York recently, where I see deer and uh, a groundhog pretty much every day. So uh, it's pretty great. My wife has named all the animals. Uh, it's like a typical human naming all of the animals in nature outside our door, but. Uh, uh, typical vegan. Yeah, exactly, typical vegan. <laughs> uh, I believe she's named one deer Magdalena and another deer Ezekiel. And she named the groundhog Charles. <laughs> <laughs> which does seem appropriate, I must say. Our next reader, uh, we heard from her, for, I think for the first time last month, give it up virtually for Suzanne S. Austin Hill. How are you, Suzanne? Oh, just fine. Jason, how about you? How was your move? 
it, it, was, it was hectic and very exhausting, but now I'm here and I'm very happy to be up here. All right, good to see you. The closet, the voice, my husband. You, always my loving daughter. Before, slave to darkness, dispute, denial. Now, seeker of revelation, reckoning, resolution, are out of the closet. Where was your closet? I don't know. Recalling an old friend, a neighbor. Where were their closets? I don't know. When did they come out? I don't know. Discordant choruses of hate the sin, love the sinner play in my head. Belief systems collide. Abomination, toleration. Serious, trivial. Phobia, courage. Nurture, nature. Rejection, acceptance. Confused, conflicted, convicted, and I remain always your loving father. Okay, thank you very much, Suzanne. Beautiful yeah. poem. Um, I love this, I guess you could call it contrapuntal listing at the end. I like the form of it. Again, I, as I said many times, I like that we can see the form of the poem on the page as the poets read the poem. Uh, also, also very accurate dating, I feel like. So is June 2019, is that the beginning of the poem and September 2020 is the end? Mm -hmm. All right, you are definitely just like me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am obsessively date everything. Uh, thank you. Our next reader, uh, you got a Zoom invite in the chat from this man earlier tonight. Uh, our next reader is Harvey Suss. How are you, Harvey? Um, as some of you may know, I host uh, an open mic series, usually at the Montreal Club that's pictured behind me, but currently virtual on Zoom. Our next uh, reading generally would features, uh, last week it was uh, Poet Laureate of Ohio, um, will be generally on the third week, the uh, third Saturday of each month. Uh, or at least every third Saturday. Our next one is on uh, Saturday, October 3rd. Uh, we're only a click away. As Jason mentioned, I posted an invitation with a Zoom link in the chat, uh, or you can just contact me at uh, poetsauce, S-O-S-S, uh, at Gmail to join our uh, you know, uh, notifications list, uh, and we'd love to have you. The, uh, the poem I'm gonna read is about uh, the Veterans Court in Brooklyn. Uh, which deals primarily with veterans with uh, criminal problems, mostly drug problems. It was one of the first in the nation and one of the, uh, uh, the times that I felt most proud, frankly, of being a criminal defense attorney. So uh, this one is called Get With The Program, Why Don't You? It wasn't with a reference to Ra, the Egyptian sun god, with the judge, the veteran himself, with service in Vietnam, greeted the ex-Marine, whose arms were laddered with needle marks. It was with the ura of the core incorporating the one into the many. 
that this 70-something presented a certificate of completion to some mother's son whose Uncle Sam could now be proud of him. The courtroom lit up with that same pride returning to the young man's face 18 to 24 months in an addiction treatment program rivaling the difficulty of any basic training course he'd ever slogged through at Camp Lejeune, the Marine Corps' North Carolina training base. Our graduate, no longer a defendant, having pulled himself up out of the mud of joblessness, helplessness, dependence, with the court's help in mind. As his court-appointed attorney, I came to view these veteran courts as the best thing about our criminal justice system. My 20-something client facing two to four, a perfect example of how well it could work. It was enough to bring tears to a hardened war resistor's eyes, with even a bit of metal envy spotting the ribbons on that swelling chest. After he and the judge had saluted each other, it was over case dismissed. I could see other veterans whose cases were calendared that day, nodding to themselves, perhaps thinking this could work for me, buying in, or almost. Several of them wearing long sleeve shirts to hide injection sites, or ranks, services, and substances were represented. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, heroin, cocaine, amphetamines. That few needle marks appeared fresh to staffers was taken as a sign of acceptance, a future readiness for the resurrected life. Okay, thank you, Harvey. Beautiful poem. You know, I didn't, I don't think I knew that you were a criminal defense attorney, probably oh, just because yes. I'm an I idiot. <laughs> criminal law, matrimonial law, family law, Matrimonial law, too. Basically gave it up. Uh, you give it all up to become a poet, right? Or to commit yourself to poetry. Yep. I can't believe that you would give it up, give up uh, matrimonial law to become a poet. Why would you ever do such a thing? Seems, uh, like, seems like such a fun profession. Read a poem and uh, in The New Yorker. And it triggered something in me. I started writing three, four, five poems a day. And I realized I couldn't do both. Wow. my office for the next two years as a studio primarily and then just basically gave it up altogether. Damn. It's the kind of story I like. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we are on to Rita A. Simmons. How are you, Rita? I'm well. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. Go for it. Um, well, there are some lines of songs in here, but I can't sing them well like Daryl, so I'm just going to say them, okay? If that's all right. Um, You've got to sing, sorry. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, this is uh, End of Summer in the Suburbs. Backyard barbecue, kids swirl round the pool, round, above ground, contained, not too deep. 80s music, and my own worst guest gnaws at me within. A chip in the dip with a man I just met. Brian is his name. 
he sheds his Charlie Brown shirt to a large stomach and laughs his story to me. Crazy spouse, divorced, annulled. I don't take sides. Men at work emerge from the background. You better run, you better take cover. He leaves the conversation to balance with the beer in one hand on a wobbly aluminum pool ladder. A little girl with a bubble maker dances on the false stones of the patio. She can't know Cindy Lauper, but somehow sings time after time. The bubbles rise, she jumps and tries to poke them. They rise above the roof, the drum beats out of time. An amber cat comes to sniff my flip-flop toe, longing for some solitary company. I look it in the eyes. It runs for the red plastic-covered tables, frightened of this thing that I've become. Toto fades to barks behind the hedge, beyond the fairy garden. The girl's gone. The patio gets sprayed for ants. The cat runs by. My brother brings me Riesling and a red plastic cup. Madonna drones, oh, you're an angel in disguise. Three men with beer bellies toast to the end of summer. I swill warm wine on the sidelines, trying to hush my guest. Next door, a lawn is being mowed. I still can hear the doves cry. I love it. Uh, I think, Kendall, you might have to invite Rita to karaoke as well, because... Uh... <laughs> Oh man, so many good karaoke songs in this poem. Time after time this is one of my karaoke staples. So uh, I'm glad it's you brought. It's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> I love this poem, um, man. The image of the uh, the dude with the beer. Let's go back to that. Let's relive that for a moment. <laughs> the man balancing with a beer in one hand and a wobbly aluminum pool ladder. Ah, uh, man, that hits me. It hits me in a deep place. <laughs> also, the, the false stones of the patio, for some reason, is very moving to me. Uh, I also love this. Uh, I do this with my students. We've got angel spelled angle, but I, <laughs> I like that. I wish Madonna had used that lyric instead. You're an angle in disguise. <laughs> that would have been really oh, no. surreal. Read yeah. that for me. Maybe you should just leave it like that. Oh no, I'm sorry. I give, my, uh, I give my students an exercise where they have to like write something using a spelling mistake like that. So uh, that's, that's one that they've done before. Exactly. You have my permission. You have my permission yeah. to use it. Next time anyone like sings that song at karaoke, you should change angel to angle and see what happens. <laughs> um, okay, great stuff. Thank you, Rita. Um, okay, our next poet, Mr. Todd Friedman. One of the poets laureate of Sunset Park. How are you, Todd? I'm okay. Can can we still call it Brooklyn Poets if you're now in Beacon? <laughs> we can because uh, officially Brooklyn Poets' is, address is still in <laughs> my old apartment, <laughs> which okay. I am renting out. But yeah, someone was someone was joking that I need to make a T-shirt that says Beacon Poets. But then I was like, if I'm going to make Beacon Poets, I might as well make a Bacon Poets T-shirt, right? <laughs> So maybe I'll make two new shirts. You never know. All right. Abraham and Isaac at the family therapist's office. What was I supposed to do? God came and put me to the test. 
it's not like you have a choice at a time like that. It's true. When my son asked me what we were going to do for the burnt offering, I misled him. How nice of my father to admit that he misled me. This is the same man who argued with God before I was born. What if there were 50, then 45, 40, all the way down to 10, bargaining with God not to wipe out the whole city on account of a small number of innocent? Theoretical innocent, I must add. It's not the same thing, and you know it. In the case that you're talking about, it didn't involve me personally. I just couldn't see God acting so unjustly. Now, in your case, God gave me an order. I don't care. You argued for people you didn't even know, to save a whole city just for a few. But for me, you didn't say one word. And you noticed that mom died right after what you call a case? Oh, please don't bring your mother into this. She was already an old woman when she gave birth to you. It was a miracle that you were even born. And that was why she laughed in the first place. Dad, are you telling me something that I don't know? You don't want to face the simple truth. You put a knife to my throat, and then you expect me to act like it never happened. Look, if I could do it all over again, don't give me that. You don't get a do-over here. The whole world thinks you're some kind of saint because you checked your mind before it went up the mountain. Gentlemen. I'm afraid that we're going to have to bring things to a close now. As we've run out of time, I actually think that this was a very productive session, as you both got a lot of things off your chest. And it's good that you're talking to one another again. I'll see you at the same time next week. Until then, take it easy. <laughs> Great stuff. I feel like uh, someone need to have, needs to have written this poem a long time ago. It's occurring to me like, why didn't anyone else write a poem about Abraham and Isaac at the family therapist's office? They definitely have a lot of issues to work out. <laughs> going to require many sessions, I am sure. Uh, have you read Kierkegaard, Todd? <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> Sorry if that seems like a highbrow question, but yeah, I think you would enjoy Kierkegaard. Uh, you should read. Uh, I think it's Fear and Trembling, where he talks about this particular story. Okay. It's one, of the, one of them books by Kierkegaard that I read in my freshman philosophy course. Uh, definitely check it out. Okay. Uh, great stuff. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Kinga, I see you back. Uh, do, you, do you have a reliable audio now? Yep. Hi. Can you hear me? Beautiful. I love it. Yay! Yes, I can. <laughs> Let's go back. Oh, thank you so much. Sorry, everyone. Um, no problem at all. I've been shouting yeah, at my are. computer. <laughs> so did, I, did I say your name correctly? Is it Kinga? Yes, Elizabeth? you have. Yeah, it's Kinga. Yeah, it's Hungarian. Kinga? Yeah. Is it But I visits? live in Australia. Yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, so um, my poem is No More Time. As if an eye could matter where an ache of too soon dead brothers and sisters claws at me. In this view... A two-part birdsong high in the pine trills octaves respecting my dead. Just as the chords of my heart pitch faint against the distant jackhammers pushing the suburb up. For this, there is no more time. Inside our tension, cooped up together, chickens flit here and there. Their wings are not to be clipped. I search for a way out. 
tired of being a brown hen pecked. Although he says I am out of order and he is no rooster. But this, there is no more time. One more ladder of achievement falls from under my feet. The search for others melts into an item for the past, for which there is no more time to uncover shy truths or dead lies. Yet I am here with him and surges for another story still play. Okay, thank you, Kinga. I'm glad we got to hear that finally. That was great. <laughs> thank you for waiting. <laughs> so how is Australia? How is Australia? Yeah. Well, Australia is, you know, probably, you know, battling COVID just like you guys are. And um, how bad is it there now? Or is it, is uh, it good now? Well, I think overall, when we observe you in America, we would say that we're doing much better. We, we are we <laughs> very good right. leadership. <laughs> so our cases are down. But I feel tremendous. I mean, everyone feels so sorry for Americans with, with, the, with this, you know, rain yeah. numbers of deaths that you've had and, right. you know, the uncontrolled, you know, so, but look, what's it like for you? I mean, I, that's how we pick it up on the news. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's okay where I am now, but uh, it's definitely okay. not okay in other parts of the country. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Well, Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm yeah, glad you found us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the benefits of the pandemic is that we can have posts read from Australia, which yes. is amazing. Yeah, I know it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll keep coming back. All right. Scrolling back to where we were. Where were we? We had just heard from Todd, yes? Let's see here. Yes, this is Tyson, right? Okay, so our next poet, my former neighbor, my erstwhile neighbor. I love that word, erstwhile. Hopefully, you all know what that means. <laughs> uh, Abby Sayre, how are you? How's right. Williamsburg? Williamsburg is good. You still live in the same house? I do. All right, that's good to know. I like things staying the same, even as I change. I, I was sad to learn that you left. <laughs> Yes, I never got to cat sit for you. You cat sit for me like a thousand times, and I never actually That's got cool. to cat sit for you. That's cool. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just ask me that. I'll drive back from Beacon to cat sit. <laughs> yeah, you were my cat sitter before Joe took over. Yeah, that's true. He always forgets me, though. <laughs> I just I need to unmute to let everyone know that I always cat sit Jason's cats. That's all. Okay. Well, you're both invited to stay in our house next time we need a cat sitter. <laughs> so, the invitation is open. Right. Um, I wrote this poem in Gregory Crosby's Ars Apocalypta workshop this past summer, which was fantastic. If you ever get a chance to take a class with Gregory Crosby, I recommend you do so. You may find yourself pumping gas in your podunk hometown while the city you love sinks trying to convince yourself that the blood-red cardinal you saw perched on the fence this morning was not a premonition, that it does not cancel out the luck bestowed upon you by the heron you glimpsed yesterday as you ran your normal route, navigating the old winding roads where you earned your license. You did not see the horses out, those that saunter over to you if you stop, faces slightly swarmed by flies, chewing through the brutal heat of the new world. You return safely to that old stone house, 
cupping water from the well, crouched in a clawfoot tub. More than you can say for the poor creature you saw decaying in the shady spot just outside the cemetery, their identity obscured by their death. The truth is you sleep better out here, cradled in the glow of your insignificance, having escaped, for the most part, the incessant dampness of an old city by the sea. All that stone and vapor can make you heady, make you float when you should plant yourself. You walked up to the roof during the last hurricane and slipped around, tempting lightning. You painted your bedroom walls while renting because joy should always be part of living. You hung your legs just off the wrought iron and sucked smoke through your eyes. You left in broad daylight. Suddenly you belong to a former landscape, here by the car, suspended in your disbelief, wondering how far you are from fields of ethanol. They don't build new things out here, and you suppose that's for the best. Still more grass than gasoline. Still untouched, the woods where you told all your secrets. Cicadas gathering volume as you sleep. That was amazing. Props to Gregory Crosby's workshop. That was, I feel like that was a poem I needed for 2020. <laughs> it was oh a class God. I needed for 2020. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Uh, can I just highlight these lines? The truth is you sleep better out here cradled in the glow of your insignificance, <laughs> having escaped for the most part the incessant dampness of an old city by the sea. That is great apocalyptic stuff, Abby Sarah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, carry that through the streets of Williamsburg for me. <laughs> uh, say hi to De Stefano's next time you pass it. Uh, do you eat meat, Abby? I do. Have you been to De Stefano's? I haven't. It's a crime. I've lived here for so long. <laughs> That's like two minutes from your house. I know. <laughs> I recommend you go there. Like I will. Tomorrow. <laughs> the best steak in Brooklyn. Don't tell my wife I said that. And they have really, they have really cute uh, outside seating. It's, and it's oh, yeah, very safe. Yeah. It's very romantic. Mm -hmm. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you know what you're doing tomorrow. I do. <laughs> All right. Our next poet, I think, is another Yop debuter. I don't think we've heard from him before. Uh, give a warm welcome virtually to Ben Watts. How are you, Ben? Thank you. I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me. It looks like a beautiful bedroom behind you. Nice setup. Oh, thanks. My, my Aunt Wilma was an amateur painter, so we have all of our paintings. All right. <laughs> all right, go for it, Ben. Yes, this is gestation of a car crash. Dad told me once that mom was in a car accident when she was pregnant with me. I picture her in the white Honda that I see on the backs of my eyelids every time I'm high. I picture her in the white summer dress with the tiny blue and purple flowers and the strappy white sandals, even though the accident happened in winter. It was snowing. A young guy slid on the ice and hit her from behind. When she got out of the car, visibly pregnant, the guy freaked. Sometimes I wonder if my mom thinks that car accident made me gay. If somehow the force of two steel bodies smashing together did something to my unborn body inside of her, did she see the car coming? Did she see headlights spinning, skidding across the frozen road and tense up? Did she scream? Was she scared? 
Or did it all happen so fast the only thing she could think to do was absorb the impact into herself, nestle it next to me in her clenched body along the curve of my spine and carry us both to turn? I wonder if she thinks that seatbelt snapping across her overripe belly jiggled my soft bones or bruised my soft brain. If the forceful crunch of the steering wheel on her swollen, taut skin flipped a soft switch inside of me, something tiny and invisible, the effects of which at the time were yet to be determined. But when it finally did come out between long drags of cherry limeade slush, did she see them again? The headlights in the snow? careening towards her, us, across the icy road? Did she instinctively tighten every muscle again like she did then and think, ah, here it is, the other shoe? She'd been expecting something all along, not a failure exactly or a punishment, but finally the long-awaited echo of that frightful thump against her belly. Okay, thank you, Ben. As you started reading this, I realized, I remembered that uh, you were one of our finalists for Book and Post Fellowship this fall. And yes. uh, I had seen I'm this very poem. very excited. Before. Yeah, I love this poem when I read it for our submissions. Whose workshop are you taking this fall? Yours. Oh, right. You're in my class. Even better. <laughs> Along with Jesse. Uh, I feel very yeah. blessed because I think I have like four or five fellows. In finalists in my class, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think that's definitely the most I've ever had. So, uh, well, we'll be uh, working together very soon. Very excited about that. Uh, okay, our next poet maybe has the best name of the evening. Uh, you know, no shade on everyone else's names, but this name is pretty great. Heaven Santiago. How are you, Heaven? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> Okay, I love the bio too. Heaven only truly exists if you believe in her. <laughs> well, we believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. Okay. So, pull curtains. I fear they'll try to take me down in the skies. So I'm sharpening my weapon of might. They'll try to take me down in the skies. But I have my eyes in the skies. My many pens packed with sinister ink. My keyboard is my katana, or chakra makunai alike, a weapon that stands time with a bombardment of words to strike. They'll take pleasure in pinpointing my pitfall, nitpicking thumbtack tactics to attack happenings that were half-ash hellish or hazardous, the cardboard boarded up past that I had. But I had fortitude and solitude. My past is nothing but a prelude. They'll see soon. They won't get past the chapter of my life as they chatter, conspire, Plan a plan, but I have the upper hand. One step ahead from getting beheaded, careless and content without direction. No warning, no reader's discretion. Put a pen to paper still, or pencil still, a finger to letter, phone or typewriter. I'm the type of writer who writes a confession. You may think I'm doomed, but it's a blessing. Ignorant of nuances, no shred of empathy, no answers, not a fox, but this fixin' pounces, you'll have no bounce backbone to bounce back in. I will do what it takes to stay afloat, even if I sink my own lifeboat. If history has its eyes on me, I will tell my story gladly. 
and fickle and foes to shame all the same. My creations are never perfected, but my craft cannot be destroyed. Like energy, connect, kinetic, connected, electric, key to kite, my writing hand flicks the fight and inflict damage, feed a void of voice. They'll be demolished to nonsense. My words I try to polish in bliss awaiting to be published. It starts with a thought, then a waterfall of words, linked with a pen, and yes, I have the nerve. The guts and a will, a piece of my mind will be given, and it seems strikingly fitting, akin to the pamphlet Hamilton had written. And no, this is not submission. This is not a retreat. This is not an attempt to forfeit or to seem weak. By my own means, it is a declaration, some form of reinstatement, but I'll be blunt and blatant. No one can ruin my life but me, and that I am certain. Close curtains. Wow, thank you very much. That was, that was an amazing collection of sounds. I was just loving how you read that. Uh, and the ending is amazing. <laughs> uh, and bravo, yes, no one can ruin your life but, but you. And that is a great certainty. <laughs> uh, man, the beginning of this, though, you were just like in a, what is this? I think it was this stanza here. You read that so well. Uh, what a great series of sounds there. Uh, I, feel, I feel like I might have to copy and paste that for my students tomorrow at Quinnipiac. Happenings that were half-assed, hellish, or hazardous. The cardboard board up pass that I had. Great stuff, Heaven Santiago. And uh, great name again. Uh, our next reader, uh, I signed up as Bridie Duffy. Is it Brigid Duffy? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Hi, it's Bridget. It's just spelled extra Irish. All right, Bridget Duffy. How are you? I'm great. I'm wondering if my computer will let me start a video. Oh. It has indeed. Exciting. All right. This is your first time reading for the Yacht? It is, yeah. Thanks for All having right. me. All right, cool. Awesome. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, so this is called Mirabelle. She took junk shop treasures home to me like a crow stealing buttons for someone kind. A porcelain doll in a sunflower apron. A wicker basket full of miniature linen geese. A short sleeve t-shirt with a red hood. It was an autumn habit, storing up garbage for a long, long winter at home. But little girls cannot eat garbage. Most of the crows died after West Nile, a consequence of life in swampland. In summer, the floodwaters would pool up in the basement past my ankles. She used to sleep down there, a bed in the corner by the washing machine. She tacked postcards to the exposed two by fours in the walls and did loads of laundry poorly. There's no one left now to do grandmotherly things. No constant percolation of foul coffee. Mixed light and sweet with Splenda and half and half. No frightening tins of tidy dead fish in the cupboard. No slow, lotiony hands with long fingers to braid the scent of Vic's vapor rub into my hair. These are small ways to work on a small heart, and they go into the cremation oven with everything else. I don't know how much time has to pass for someone to become long dead, but it had been years anyway since I had let her touch my arm or feed me a soup accidentally seasoned with white sugar. So I don't know when to start counting, but now and then I do see the great-great-granddaughter of a bird who got better. Wow, beautiful poem, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you joined us tonight. 
so many amazing lines in this. No slow lotiony hands with long fingers to braid the scent of fixed vapor up into my hair. Uh, some poetry right there, people. Uh, she's already turned off her camera. Uh, thank you, Bridget. She's like, I'm out. Uh, here's my amazing poem and I'm gone. Just remember my words. Uh, classic poet move. Our next poet, we heard from earlier tonight during the workshop, uh, one of, uh, I feel like this is one of uh, Arthur Russell's cohort, Frank Rubino, hailing from New Jersey. How are you, Frank? I'm deep, I'm deep, Jason. I'm deep, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> Go for it. We, oh, Billy. Don't be stuck to the wheel of the seasons in the bullseye. Be instead like the river woman who left her ghetto to be a raft guide in the Rockies and who takes our dad rushing through water in the hereafter. Wear not the t-shirt, Billy, with the funny kid's drawing called Anatomy of a Pui, a giant bullet diagram, its parts labeled in first grader writing, freedom powder, freedom pill. We have eaten hot dogs as brothers. We have hammered with the points of our spelunkers through the eons layered in silica shale and printed with trilobites. We have dug for fossils with thermoses of Ovaltine. And we have never unearthed any pwee before, Billy. Oh, Billy, have not all of a sudden a pink and chalcedonic heart beneath a t-shirt. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Have instead a heart as red and wet as the bullseye. Have instead a heart as open and soft as the adopted mother our dad found when he crossed over in death, who, when she worked for him at the counter in his luncheonette, snapped her Wrigley's in her teeth and would hear no complaints. But now, finally, he's dead. She takes him on the river in the gorge and hears it all. My fluid in my lungs, he says, and the tube they stuck in my ribs, he says, etc., etc. She hears it all, pwee pwee, and doesn't interrupt, and salves down his surgery scars. Washington, D.C. is burning again. Notre Dame, containing his epic Catholic world history, again is burning, and his beloved Newark was on fire in 1967. It's a lot for our dad, Billy. Oh, Billy, pwee is the bullet sound. In the garden downriver where our dad went, the wrens pwee pwee, and the cardinals pwee pwee. He sees them lay their wings to rest in his burning freedom tree. All right, thank you, Frank. That was deep. <laughs> You're right, you are deep. Uh, pwee, I don't think I've ever seen a poem called Pwee before. This is a very unique poem, Pwee. Uh, this line in particular, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this combination of words before. A pink and chalcedonic heart beneath a t-shirt. Good you stuff. No idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a good follow-up, too. Uh, your New Jersey cohort approves. <laughs> we okay. have the, the Bacon Poets and the Jersey Poets. Yeah. Yeah, we got we, we, we Jerseyans. Well, you know. Ron's also a jersey as well. So. That's true, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Thank, Thank you. you, Frank. Thanks.
Our next reader, we heard from last month. I think that was her debut with the YOP. Glad she's back. How are you, Susan Kaplan? Yeah, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm uh, reciting from my bed. I'm lounging. Having That's noise. the way to do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it the right way. This is new Zoom culture. Everyone's sitting up like they're, they're at work. You could be lying in your bed. Famous last convertibles. I'm God binging like an animal in a star tramer, in a star chamber, doing a sweep for security. And what I find when I win, I really need a win is your skyfall wings beating in true crime through the vents. That's how close we are most of the time. Nose blind, blind blind as any advice I've gotten from a wall with an arrow with a penis drawn over it, curving along corridors, rounding the corners, calm surveillance, means distant ditto like it winks. I raced across farewell for this in a coic endlessness, like Lita in the Swan, like Zeus, who did a great impression, by the way, way over the top. Quatsakoko, a god and a bird, the fleshy part of those lobes, the extenuatingly long winds, those whoosh notes, the wide accordion folds making gusts crowded for floating and swerving winds for ascendance. Gandhi, if he were a dentist, the sweetest dentist in the world, aligning our molars with the solstice. <laughs> water on the tip of the tongue like a frog likes flies. The universe's sound effects and flies emerging. The Kennedios and the amazing Oswaldo. I see my silhouette through your pelican pouch from mouth. Puddles of jaws for feet. How bronze-sized do kazoos. Not for nothing, no fanfare. No rebels toppling statues for smithereens. Wow, that was great. Thank you. Uh, Arthur hadn't muted himself, but I'm kind of glad he did oh, because uh, I was laughing at the same lines. <laughs> that was a language feast. Uh, I love aligning our molars with the solstice. It's very Stevensian poem. Do you like Wallace Stevens, Susan? Oh, I do. Yeah, I can tell. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a very Stevens-like poem. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm glad you got this word in there. Definitely not a word I've ever used in a poem. It's tough to use, but uh, you used it. Really well. And also at the, at the beginning, what is God binging? Is that a thing that people do? Well, I, I, I guess it is, if I think about it. We should start. I don't know, long coming God binging. I mean, I just, I just decided, you know, some of these characters here are God, Zeus and, and you know, uh, or, or godlike. So, what would it be like to hang out with the gods? You know, yeah. you to hang with them. You'd be I mean, doing something. If you can binge on a Netflix show, you can certainly binge on God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a that's an incredible thought. I might have to God binge this week. Uh, okay, how bronze sized do kazoos? That's a very Stevensian line right there. Yeah. Uh, I hope you all read Wallace Stevens. If you don't, you should. Uh, great poet. Uh, very white poet, but still great. <laughs> Our next poet of the evening, sorry. I'm laughing, not laughing at you, Judy. Just laughing at my own, <laughs> choking on my own saliva. Uh, how are you, Judy Schneier? Are you with us? Yes, I am. Am I, is my, am I not visible? No, I hear you, and I see you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Your background looks like mine. Okay. 
All right. This site. Hello, Judy. Meet Bob, your latest match. Please respond to your match by speaking into your phone and answering these three most frequently asked questions. Your answers will be conveyed to him and your voice dig digitally altered to preserve privacy. How long have you been on the site? Have you had success on the site? What do you hope for from the site? I've been on the site since I was a very young child. In fact, you could say I've been in here even longer than that. My mother met my father on this exact site in 1956. You didn't think there was an internet then, but there was. It was only for Jewish people over 30. It was a special internet God created just for them. My mom had been married before. Shah, you don't talk about that marriage, annulled. My dad had been in the army and spent time in Paris with the dream of becoming a writer, but it was time to settle down and he had a cousin in carpet. So they each went to the site and found each other. I was born in 1962, but my generic, genetic heritage is linked to this site. I have had success on this site. This site is free, but I pay $5 a month to see likes. Still, my cost per date averages less than 50 cents. That's a lot of coffee. I might go on a better site and get better dates, but with Pilates costing what it does, not that I'm complaining, I've got to economize somewhere. Please don't suggest I rejoin the food co-op again anytime soon. I won't, unless the co-op links up with this site and gets me a discount like they do for the YMCA. It was one thing when I had a family, but now that it's just me, the dog, the cat, and they both need special diets from Chewy, it's not worth it. It's not like I'm making dinner for men on this site. My God, don't hold your breath for that. You may read a list of dishes I like to prepare in my profile. Many of them include kale. Yes, kale is a wonderful food, and I do live in Park Slope, so I mostly eat kale. But that doesn't mean I'm going to chop it up for you. I wrote that profile years ago, before I grew up. That along with the photos, which I might add were created by a semi-professional photographer in Bushwick, are really a relic of ancient history. I was not yet menopausal at the time. Streaming blood fuels romantic delusions. They dissipate when eggs no longer drop. This site makes rationality convenient. Let me tell you a story, Bob. When God made the special site for Jewish singles in the 50s, he infused romance into it, just like he made the Torah, a mere scroll of skins, an object of love and devotion for two millennia. But this is site 2.0, and it's not trying to make itself a big shot. It's pragmatic. To make a living, it does not need to factor love into the algorithm. Height, yes. Love, no. Do I care what you do? Not so much. As long as you hate Trump, I can tolerate your touch, your lips, your sperm. I appreciate that you play guitar, but you know that every single man on the site plays guitar. It's <laughs> that you have four professions, two artsy, two money-making, and two grown children who are your best friends and successfully launched. Everybody else has that too. I have one profession, but three artistic avocations, so the average is the same. Our algorithms match. Nothing's a surprise. It's good to realize what your algorithm is at this time of life. Roll with it. It's your sturdy station wagon. The kids are grown, and they're not our kids anyway. We just roll on without them and watch the fireworks. They're not as good as they were in our youth before they were digitized, but I still like to hear them sizzle, crack, and pop. I hope the ending lights the whole sky. 
before it disintegrates and dies. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like you've been enjoying the uh, pandemic. Oh, yes, very much. <laughs> uh so much to love in this poem so i have to scroll back through it to get to the uh the kale moment where, <laughs> where was that i feel like that was a that was a great brooklyn poets moment uh yes kale is a wonderful food and i do live in park slope so i mostly eat kale uh truer lines were never written um uh, I feel like Jesse would appreciate this Bushwick reference too, the semi-professional photographer in Bushwick. I feel like there are many of those in Bushwick. Am I right, Jesse? Uh, I also love this, as long as you hate Trump, I can tolerate your touch, your lips, your sperm. <laughs> sperm is a wonderful thing to be tolerated. <laughs> oh man, too good, Judy Schneier. Well, Thank you for you. that. I also, I also I have one profession, but three artistic avocations. <laughs> so the average is the same. Um, okay, that was fun. Uh, Arthur Russell is still a poet, and he still lives in Nutley. How are you, Arthur Russell? You're laughing. I'm good. Poems. I'm, I'm very good. I love the poems. I wanted to let everyone know that the Red Wheelbarrow, number 13, is publishing this week. And that's the uh, publication of the Red Wheelbarrow Poets Group that Frank Rubino and Ron Bremner and I are all part of. And uh, we encourage you to look for it on Amazon. It's got all of the best poetry that comes out of northern New Jersey, which isn't that far away from New York. So I'm going to read this poem for you. Um, on our second, oh, before I do, I just wanted to thank Daryl for a really great workshop. I, I I only know of a couple of the workshops that I've done in all the years I've been at Brooklyn Poets where I was just dying to jump out of the gate and get to work on, on that poem. It was such an easy prompt. It got me right into it. And I just want you to know that I'm going to finish it up and find some way to send it to you. So thanks a lot, Daryl. <clears throat> on our second date, when she stepped out. On our second date, when she stepped out of the cab in her black work flats between two cars into a soft pile of dog shit, I cleaned her shoe while kneeling at the curb in my lawyer suit and tie with pages from a litter basket tabloid, while she leaned on a car fender with that one foot held aloft and bobbing slightly as we talked. And then I tapped her shoe in a puddle to wash the last offending bits away and dried it on the business page, then set it on the sidewalk to receive her foot. Beautiful poem, Arthur. I love it. Uh, I've been teaching my students at Quinnipiac about concrete language, you know. Sounds like, a, you know, we all feel like, we all feel like concrete language. It's cliche that writer teach, writer, writing teachers talk about, but it's not a fucking cliche. Concrete language is important. Uh, drive it on the business page makes all the difference. Then set it on the sidewalk to receive a foot. I love it. Uh, what a scene. Uh, is this a true story, Arthur? There are elements of truth in it, yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to give me a typically evasive poet answer. Well, what the fuck? Uh, 
<laughs> I know, it was a totally impertinent question, so I deserve that answer. Uh, litter basket tabloid. Uh, great imagery, really captured that moment. Well done. Quasi-sonnet. Although Daryl would be, I guess, disappointed maybe since it's only 12 lines. Daryl seems to really like 14 lines, but. Uh, I, I really wanted to have 14 lines. <laughs> Still good. I don't think it needed two I, more I lines. Think, I think they're pentameter lines, it's about, but they're just 12 of them. Yeah, well, I mean, it still works. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, our next poet. Wow, I'm liking this title already. I've definitely had my fun with eczema in my life. <laughs> How are you, Preeti? Preeti Shah, another Poem Month winner from this past year. Uh, gonna, gonna be singing, singing the joys of eczema, I'm sure. Species of bloom, a cocoon within a cocoon, mewed with agitation, as red as red sand dune. An armor of snakes, ribbon and rose, the bite and burn, the creamy solitude of noon. Oozing as aloe, a cut of thorn and juice, seeping in wax, healing in moon. Pain in the place of comfort, pain in the place of pain, suffering in the home of veils, fingernails with angry mouths. Drink the bloody ritual drink, defile with the soft curdle of frenzy, devour until the bones unbury themselves. Wow, that, I feel like that really captured eczema <laughs> for me. Uh, is this a poem that you just wrote or is this something you've been wanting to write for a while? Maybe for a while, yeah. <laughs> the creamy solitude of noon. <laughs> oh man, pain in the place of pain. Was there a truer line written about 2020 than that? I'm not sure. Pain. <laughs> That's all we have these days, pain in the place of pain. Yeah. Uh, uh, great stuff. Um, do, have you ever used amlactin? <laughs> it's, it's another important question. Uh, it did wonders for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll anyway. have to check it out. Yeah, don't answer that question if you don't feel comfortable. I should probably delete this from the podcast. But uh, uh, I've had many people have asked me how to deal with eczema, and I've recommended amlactins. Dermatologists recommend it as well. <laughs> so if anyone else is struggling with eczema, uh, watching this uh, yop, uh, feel free to check that out. <laughs> Okay, uh, wow, I definitely need to move on as fast as possible to the next poet. Robin Romeo, this seems like a very non-eczema related poem. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Robin? I'm doing okay, Jason. I'm very much a student these days. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great thing to be, as always. Yeah. All right, go for it. All right, so still working on the text for this poem, but for now it's meeting friends. I'm 12 or 11 on the way to church. I've been doing this since birth, lately only to see my friends. The Lord has yet to replace them in my heart. I talk cricket with the boys. Fun means touting an assumed manhood. We do not hear the danger in our language or see how far the future veers from our projections. With the girls I learn they value my attention more than they do me. It's okay. I see the near futility of life without them. Confidence is key, no matter whom I may love. From the elders, I understand 
antagonism isn't always vitriol. I'm in their projections too. Who knows how a held back tear will modulate the voice. Okay, thank you. I think that was 14 lines, was it not? <laughs> uh, yes, I think it is. Did you write this in uh, one of the J Sonnet workshop or did you just write this on your own? Uh, yeah, I've written this some time ago. Nice. Uh, I love this. Where is that line? Um, first of all, well, first of all, I love this sentence. <laughs> they evaluate my attention more than they mean. And then uh, I sear the, the near futility of life without them. <laughs> Again, a very poet line. Because <laughs> uh, if it was just futility, then, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to go on and write a poem yeah. about it. <laughs> it has to be, it has to be near futility. Yes. Otherwise there is no poem. Uh, okay, great stuff, Robin. Another Poem of the Month winner over the past year. So uh, if you're gonna join us for the SmackDown on December 14th, you will see these faces and hear these voices again. Uh, I believe we're on to the wait list and Megan Pinto, unfortunately, is not able to join us tonight, which is too bad because we would have gotten to her. So we have one more poet to hear from. It's a poet you have heard from before. Once I scroll down, Laura Renee Tucker. Brooklyn born and educated, now living in Sag Harbor. How are you, Laura? I'm fine. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Yep. I'm in vacationing Sag Harbor. <laughs> you look like you're vacationing. You got great color, your oh. shirt, your background, everything. It's great. I've, I've, you know, this COVID thing might have locked me up, but I think I'm like channeling Emily Dickinson or something, you know? It's like I'm kind of liking this little world that I'm in. Nice. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Uh, and thank you for being here. That this is what makes my world workable. Having this sanity, at least you know, once a month, it's great. So um, I wanted to write. Um, I wrote something a while ago um, in honor of Sag Harbor and the um, African Americans who come out here as summer bunnies. So um, here's, here's the poem, Sag Harbor Summers. Lucky were we who began metamorphosis by way of expressways, breaking concrete cocoons, spreading adolescent appendages, wiggling toes at Earth's edge. Bleached sand speckled with almonds, cocoa pecans, playing R&B version of beach blanket bingo among low melanin mortals spreading copper tone like double stuffed Oreos flipped inside out. <laughs> we worshiped Ra as if we were exempt from melanoma. Darker you, the Hampton venue, the not seen but be seen, imitations of white gone technicolor in summer surf and sand. Fresh air fun for the franchise. <laughs> Our gangs were called cliques with midnight curfews. Signs posted private property, did not refer to our private schools, private communities, private lives. But we didn't care about the talented tenth, but our two top tits, Dr. Scholl flip-flop feet, twisting Jordash behinds. We were the have among the have less, hoping to have more than we ever had before. Segregation was what we did with our meat and vegetables, our plate always full. The world our oyster, we ate crunching on the pearl. 
entrees of career du jour, salads mixed with ivy and dressed with parental procurements. We smoked under quixotic trees, drank with Chevis and a black Johnny Walker, played in snow in the middle of July. We were the dream Martin had on that mountaintop. We climbed with no safety line, with homogenous illusions of the top of the corporate ladder to the cookie jar. Some made it halfway, some hit the ceiling, some only collected crumbs. But lucky were we who had Sag Harbor summers, bombastic bourgeois brown beams, Negro Neros playing our violins while Rome burned a hundred miles away. Thank you. I'm glad that was our last poem tonight. That was a great way to <laughs> while Rome burned a hundred miles away. Yeah, this is my love poem. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing sounds in this poem too, man. Let's just can we? Can we I mean, we're gonna scroll back anyway through all these names, but uh, we smoked under quixotic trees, drank with Chevis and a black Johnny Walker, played in snow in the middle of July. Uh, there was another moment up here, <laughs> spreading copper tone like double stuff Oreos, flipped inside out. Uh, a great moment in Brooklyn Poets history, that simile. Thank you, Laura, Renee, Tucker. <laughs> Thank you. Sag Harbor. So I've never been to Sag Harbor. I definitely need to go at some point. Well, I have an open invitation for everyone to come out to Sag Harbor. We'll just, um, we'll, do, we'll do our, what do you call it, the social distancing yeah. and, and just take over the whole town. All right. You know, I'm masks, down for that. Masks and six feet. <laughs> all right well now that i know you've invited me i'll be there tomorrow uh -oh. um. <laughs> okay uh it's gonna be hard to vote this month uh we heard a lot of amazing poems tonight i've had a great time with these poems in my whiskey as usual uh let's go back over the poets that was laura renee tucker before that uh we did not hear from megan pinto since she wasn't able to join us uh robin romeo Meeting friends. Before that was Preeti Shah with eczema. Before that, Arthur Russell on our second date when she stepped out, the near sonnet. Before that was Judy Schneier with her amazing poem, This Sight, about uh, the, the trials and tribulations of online dating life. Before that was Susan Kaplan with famous last convertibles. Before that was Frank Rubino with Pui. Before that, sorry, you're probably gonna get sick of me saying before that, but we'll just keep this going. Bridget, Bridget Duffy with Mirabelle. And before, you know what, I can probably scroll back faster than that. Uh, before that was Heaven Santiago, Ode to the Reynolds Pamphlet. Before Heaven, we heard from Ben Watts, gestation of a car crash. Before Ben, my former cat sitter, Abigail Sayre, you may find yourself pumping gas in your Poduck hometown while the city you love sinks. Before Abby, Todd Friedman, Abraham and Isaac at the family therapist's office, Rita A. Simmons, end of summer in the suburbs, Harvey Sauce, get with the program, why don't you, why don't you, sorry, I had something blocking my screen. Before Harvey, Suzanne S. Austin Hill, The Closet, before Suzanne, we heard from Tawanga Leslie, Canto number seven in a series of seven. Jesse Edwards, before that, Battleships, Love Poem. Before Jesse, Joe Nasta, Last Quarter. 
before Joe King Elizabeth visits. In fact, we actually heard her later, but uh, we'll just keep this order for the purposes of this doc. And before Kinga, we heard from R. Bremner, who was our first reader of the evening. So again, I'm going to stop sharing now. If you would like to vote for Poem of the Month, text me at 718-374-1953. I am already getting some texts, which is great. Uh, just give me the poet's name is all I really need. 718-374-1953. Uh, you can vote for yourself if you read tonight. That is definitely on the table. Uh, if you vote for someone that already won Poem of the Month, uh, that vote is still valid. It's just that they can't win twice. <laughs> so uh, it's just that's, that's one of the rules. Uh, again, 718-374-1953. If you read tonight and don't want to be in the podcast, just send me an email and let me know. Uh, another reminder to take selfies, uh, screenshots, whatever. We definitely prefer the selfies because I've got enough screenshots for one lifetime. Uh, send them to ku at brokenpoets.org. I'm going to put this in the chat again. Uh, or share them on Instagram and tag us at brokenpoets, hashtag brokenpoets, and uh, uh, we will get those and share them. Uh, we love to see them. Our events gallery sucks without the screenshots. Uh, we will remember to award tote bag a tote bag to the best selfie of the month. Uh, I still need to re-up our tote bags. Uh, so that will happen eventually. <laughs> They're all sold out right now, as are a lot of our t-shirts, in fact. So if you've been shopping for t-shirts and uh, we're sold out of your size, uh, I apologize. We will try to order some more before the year is out. Uh, um, our next yawp comes your way the second Monday of October on October 12th. Uh, some people call that Columbus Day. I just call it the Day of the Yop. So <laughs> I'll just be here for that. Uh, we will be holding it. Don't ask me if we're going to do it because there's a holiday. Uh, it's a holiday. We, sh we shouldn't be having it. We can call it Indigenous People's Day. So let's call it that. But uh, we will have the Yop on October 12th. Ariel Francisco is leading that. Uh, he is a new teacher for Book and Poets, uh, teaching a workshop called The Preposterous and the Sublime, uh, one of the great workshop titles ever. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, you can sign up right now, bookandpoets.org, go to the YAWP page, uh, the open mic lineup, as many of you know, fills very quickly. It usually fills within a couple of hours, if that. So uh, don't wait too long. If you wait until tomorrow, it's likely already to be filled. So uh, we are donating this month to Impact Lebanon. Next month, we will be donating proceeds to the American Red Cross Wildfire Relief Fund. Uh, our hearts go out to everyone on the West Coast, uh, including Joe Nasta. We heard from earlier tonight. I've heard from some other people in Seattle as well. Uh, man, the smoke is bad. The fires are terrible. Uh, so uh, definitely, if you register for October Yop, you will be helping out uh, with your $5 registration fee to uh, helping out all the people affected by the fires. Let's call them climate fires because that's Thank really you. what they are. Uh, thanks to my staff. Uh, thanks to Daryl Alejandro Holness again for leading an amazing workshop and uh, putting love in the air as our theme tonight. Thanks to all of you that read tonight. Thanks to all of you who joined us once again on Zoom. Uh, you make this uh, seem like a, uh, a, a, a norm, normal is not the right word, but uh, it, seems, it seems like everything is just the same as it always is at Brooklyn Poets because uh, we've kept this community going online. And we will see you uh, in October, on October 12th with Ariel Francisco. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye, Jason. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.
There you have it, the Brooklyn Poets Yacht open mic for September 14th, 2020. Thanks to our illustrious poet professor, Daryl Alejandro Jones, for leading uh, an amazing and song-filled workshop on R&B and poetry. It was uh, the debut of Brandy in Brooklyn Poets Yacht history. Uh, that was definitely a treat for all of us that got to uh, sing along with Daryl and uh, write some poems to Brandy's music. Congrats to longtime yawper Laura Renee Tucker for winning our September Yawp Poem of the Month for her incredible poem Sag Harbor Summers, which closed out the evening. Laura has earned free admission to uh, Brooklyn Poets Yawp in the future, along with a Brooklyn Poets topag to be uh, printed in the future, since we are currently out of stock, and a spot, most importantly, in our end-of-year poetry smackdown, which will come your way on December 14th. That's the second Monday of December. As I noted at the beginning of the open mic, uh, this year we are splitting the Poetry Smackdown from the last Yop of the year so that we have enough time to have a full open mic at the last Yop. So the Yop in December will be on December 7th, and this Poetry Smackdown will be on December 14th. Uh, next month's Yop comes your way on October 12th. That will be led by Ariel Francisco, a new teacher for Book and Poets. Ariel is leading a workshop on the preposterous and the sublime, one of my favorite workshop titles ever. That is an asynchronous online workshop that begins on October 5th. Uh, We've extended the registration deadline a little bit, so there's still time to register if you want to. If you listen to this podcast on the day it comes out, which will be September 29th, still a few days to register, so uh, sign up if you are interested. We've still got a few seats left. Uh, But if you can't take it, you can definitely take the Yacht Workshop on October 12th. Uh, that is all that I have for you today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, subscribing to iTunes, on iTunes if you have. If you haven't, you could do that now. Uh, we would appreciate a five-star rating that will help uh, people find these poets and get their work out to a wider listening audience. It's almost election day. It's incredible. It's only, wow, what, six weeks away. Uh, I am terrified. Uh, about what is going to happen. I am just hoping and praying that we actually have an election without any uh, bullshit. Uh, You know, whatever the results are, (laughs) let's just, can we just please have an actual legitimate legal election? Fucking please. Uh, I shouldn't have to tell you to vote. It's probably the most important election of our lives. Uh, (laughs) I don't really have to tell you why, but please vote. And uh, please help spread the word to anyone that you think that is able to vote and uh, is maybe considering not voting. So uh, it's important that we all vote and uh, important that we do a lot of things. And uh, hopefully you are leading your life conscientiously and uh, doing your part whatever way you can. Uh, That is all I have for you. And uh, again, thanks for listening. And uh, we will check in with each other next month. Have a good night.